Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. We do not accept bad deals. What's up, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Episode 13, titled Infested. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now... Before we all drop down the Erling infested mineshaft, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller than a Jabba, and just as entertaining as Jar Jar. He's CT1231, also known as Edit. Hello. Hello. And rounding out our small battalion, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. Hello. How are you big bugs doing this week? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Episode was meh. (laughs) Spoilers for the episode every time we react to how are you doing. Um, Yeah, man. It was a... It was a better episode than last week. I th- I think we can mm-hmm. agree on that, um, yeah. but not by much. So, listen, before we get all hopped up on Spice, um, let's get your high-level thoughts on the episode. Joints, why don't you kick it off? Uh, yeah, like you said, better than last week's, not by much. Uh, it kind of feels like these episodes that they're doing could have been done earlier in the season with the, the end approaching so right. rapidly now. I feel yeah. like they'd be building towards something more. Right. Not just giving us these one-off filler episodes. So I, it's a bit disappointing to find out that we're not getting a nice four-episode arc to close out the season. Yeah. yeah. Where's the where's the where's the the snowball? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. They get, they keep teasing things and then never following through on it or following through on it so fast that you don't have time to dwell on it. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Edit. Yeah. I need you to come in and and edit this entire series for me if you don't mind, or at yeah, least this would, season. We don't I, know. I would love to if I if yeah. I could. Like, there's some great moments, you know, that you could you could really cut together. But you know, that being said, as you guys were saying, this episode was definitely better than last week's episode. Um, I think the things that I enjoyed about it were uh, having Sid involved in the adventures um, and seeing that sort of bond become a little bit closer, uh, sure. especially through the eyes of of Omega and and Sid. You know, like you know omega coming to her defense um but yeah as darcy was saying like we got we got four episodes left uh i I was really hoping in these last four episodes we weren't going to get like this sort of meaningless filler because in the the grand scheme of things as much as i did like those things it is filler this episode is filler it didn't really do anything it just strength it just showed us in the sense for the character development side, the strengthening of relationships and, and how Hunter still has a lot to learn from someone as innocent and, and vulnerable as, as Omega. Sure. But do we need that four times in a row? No, for sure. But I I think I, yeah. And we've had, we've had it continuously throughout, but it is, it is that constant that runs throughout this series is, you know, he's learning things from, from her. Yeah. I mean, I, I did think it was intriguing for the first half, like setting up, I thought what I thought was going to be maybe something a little more dangerous for the Bad Batch. You know, they walk in and it's it's it seems like it's going to be this really sort of mob boss esque sort of narrative. But I don't know. It just it it kind of got to a point where it felt like that section in a video game 
where you have to go back and collect the thing that you just got fighting the same enemies over again and you're kind of like I, I don't really want to do this again why are we doing this again um and so i was just disappointed they didn't find a more unique way to finish off the second half of that episode especially with the pikes involved um there's there's such a cool sort of um striking enemy uh type to have and so i just thought there's so much more that they could have done with that but um I'm holding out that we're going to get that snowball next week. Um, I mean, maybe we have to wait for the last two episodes or even the last episode at this point um, to get anything similar in quality to the, the first uh, first couple episodes. So with that said, uh, let's get into the plot. The episode starts with Clone Force 99 returning to Ord Mantell with Hunter grumbling that Sid ought to pay them for that uh, a little extra for that latest mission uh, because she failed to mention the drop zone would be swarming with Gundarks. However, upon reaching Sid's parlor, it's clear that something is off. Sure enough, the squad finds Roland Durand, the son of renowned De- Deveronian crime boss Issa Durand, sitting in Sid's office with Ruby. He casually announces Sid's bar and Ord Mantel are now his territory, offering to hire the clones if they're looking for work. With Omega having settled Clone Force 99's debt to Sid in Episode 10, Hunter is ready to bail on this planet, uh, despite Omega's concerns about their conniving boss. Uh, then, speak of the devil, Sid turns up, standing on the Havoc Marauder, informing Hunter and the gang who Roland is and explaining he wants to make a name for himself by joining with the notorious spice-running Pike Syndicate. Uh, this port's connected to multiple hyperspace routes ideal for smuggling, Sid adds, noting her parlor is right in the middle of the action. Uh, she also tells them, uh, mat- pretty matter-of-factly, that they're going to help her reclaim her establishment, reminding Hunter how good she's been at keeping secrets, uh, which Tech replies with, I believe she's threatening us. So, guys, what did we think of the sort of um, surprising opening and the introduction of Roland Durand? Uh, seeing Durand's, uh, like, possession of the, the bar, I, I, it sounded like they were going to be building up the character to be much, to be much more dangerous than he actually is. Right. And as we see the episode progress, it, it was, that's a bit of a letdown. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting an interesting setup but again the follow-through is where it drops it for me it was so poorly executed the whole Mm -hmm. mob boss thing the drug cartel aspect again it was one of those Mm -hmm. things where i'm like oh they're getting into spice smuggling cool Mm -hmm. so we're gonna okay so we are gonna take this kid's show and 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 make it a bit more mature and talk about drug smuggling without talking saying the words drug smuggling but I, you know, Roland sitting in that chair was just had such a presence about him. And so I was ready to see him play a bigger part in this episode. And he just really fell to the wayside that didn't make me fear or even care for him by the end of the episode, which they kind of try to to pull off. I don't know, man. I just it was ah, it bugs me so much that like they they had they, it's they, it's it's wide open for them and they just didn't execute it. Yeah, it feels like a, a missed opportunity, 100%, to kind of expand on that. You know, I like that, you know, it, we have now come to understand Spice as the, I guess, innuendo for drugs in, in the in the oh, yeah. galaxy far, far away. So I mean, in Mandalorian, I think the guy, one of the guys is like, get yourself a Camtono of Spice and fly higher than you've ever flown before. Yeah, yeah. Like and, and straight up inspired by Dune, too. So, like, it's right. clearly meant totally. to be a drug replacement in sure. this universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, again, this this was an interesting sort of set of circumstances that were brought about, but it's not like something that I was, like, blown away by. So Yeah. I like how they did continue the concept that the Bad Batch did some jobs in between this episode and the last mm-hmm. one, like they did in a previous episode, because mm. it helps to move time forward. Um, but, like, 
and and I guess it like cements the relationships for these characters to make it feel more believable, like that they would have like this banter back and forth. But I don't know. By this point, they're 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 buddies. Like we don't need you don't need that. It doesn't need it. It's nice when it happens maybe once or twice maybe, but like it doesn't have to happen, especially when you're in a moment where it's like. Crosshair is is beelining for you, and you're off doing missions. I mean, shout out to Gundarks. That's cool as a running gag. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but but like you're off doing missions with Gundarks, and 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 Crosshair is like gu- like beelining for you. It doesn't. It didn't make any sense no, to, yeah. to put it in this point. Yeah, I you totally know? agree. That's that's what's missing from this entire series is intention is right. a purpose, right? Yeah. Like I think we got some of that early on uh, at the beginning of this season. And, you know, as we've now gotten through, it's it's just it's losing its intention and purpose with each episode. Right. So at what point are things going to start sort of mattering for a bigger picture? Right. Right. Let's get back to that bigger picture. Sid somewhat blackmails the group into helping her steal the spice shipment that Roland sold to the Pikes and is keeping it stored in her office. Um, In order to pull off the heist, Sid takes Clone Force 99 down the old mining tunnels running beneath Ord Mantell's surface, uh, allowing them to sneak into her parlor undetected. Uh, Wrecker, of course, is eager to take it by by force, but Sid knows better than to risk an enemy of the pikes. Uh, so instead, they find mining carts to transport the spice, uh, and they pull off like a Donkey Kong country situation. Uh, but they <laughs> refrain, from, refrain from fixing the engines uh, to avoid any drawing any unwanted attention because the caverns have a slight infestation problem. Sid warns them, telling everyone to stay quiet and avoid waking the hive of Erlings, uh, which are these big bugs that are repelled by light. Wrecker nearly wakes them after dropping his flashlight, but luck is on his side for now, uh, and you know nothing happens as Clone Force 99 loads up the spice. Sid keeps Roland distracted by having her oddly loyal customers, Bolo and Ketch, do this weird side mission where they, they use Mantel Mix to, to get Ruby, and, and it kind of backfires on them after she breaks free. Uh, fortunately, Hunter and the gang finish loading the spice crates just as Roland discovers what they're up to and sends his guards after him. The ensuing cart chase and shootout wakes the Earlings, uh, which sw- uh, swarm Roland's guards and threaten to take Clone Force 99 down before Wrecker seals up the cavern in the nick of time. Needless to say, the Pikes aren't pleased to learn that their spice is gone upon reaching Ormental, with their leader threatening Roland, uh, saying, either correct this mistake and your entire... Uh, Oh, sorry. Either correct this mistake or you and your entire family will experience pain, what pain truly feels like. Sid, believing her parlor is safe to return to, now leads the, the others back to her bar, only to find the Pikes and an unhappy Roland in handcuffs. Uh, well, Sid bluffs, claiming she had no idea where the spice is, the Pikes aren't buying it, and prepare to kill them before Hunter intervenes, assuring they can recover the spice, which got left behind in the ruckus in the cavern. Uh, he and the others protest when the Pikes' leader insists Omega stay behind to assure they hold up their end of the bargain, but Sid knowingly inv- advises them to do as they're told. So guys, what did you think of seeing the Pikes again in this series? Uh, you know, we know that they were previously told to lay low by Maul in the Clone Wars. Do you think this is pointing towards Maul showing up in the last few episodes of this, uh, of this show? I, I mean, that'd be nice, but I feel like we, I don't think that's going to happen. Like all the things we want to happen in this series are failing to follow through as we watch this. So <laughs> right. I don't want to get my hopes up. And I mean, this like small time spice smuggling, it seems that they're doing right now is kind of laying low. I mean, 
I guess, it, yeah. It, does, it okay. doesn't seem like the That's biggest, laying low for them. Yeah, it's not a big profile <laughs> job in my opinion. Right. That's They're still just, you know, making money, collecting their stuff on the side type thing. At least that's the impression I got. Yeah. I kind of, as I said earlier, like, with Durand, it's like if you're going to make Durand this sort of side character or this character that somewhat turns around or has that connection with Omega, which we'll get to in a moment, it, it it's... I just wish they would have made the the pikes maybe more of the the people to focus on the threat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been so much cooler to get them involved as a substitute. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, man. The only thing about Maul, it's like it, we don't need it. It, it. We've got a lot. We've gotten a lot of Maul. I'm not gonna lie. And it's it's right. It's kind of like another Ryloth situation. Do we need more of them? Probably yeah. not. So I'm in the camp that actually I kind of hope. He doesn't show up because I really, I really just want to get back to Camino and I want to know what's going on with Omega. Can we just have that, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, like that that storyline feels to have fallen to the wayside, right? Yeah. And sure. it's just like when when do we get that, or is that like something that's up? Uh, you know a pull for season two if there is a season two like that's the other right. thing we don't we don't know we and that's probably know. that's probably going to get announced uh after the the season finale right so yeah i hope um, but only time will tell yeah uh and one of the big things i had or problems i had with this episode in terms of plot uh the fact that uh sid's like no we gotta go in stealthily if through this back door entrance that i know of when the first thing durant finds out that it's missing he finds the hole that or like the tunnel they used and immediately knew it was Sid. It's just like, that's not going to be not painting the picture. Like, he's, he immediately told the Pike, Sid's the one who took it. So it's not like that sneaking in the sure. back door did anything for them. It's just, it right. seems very stupid for me that they're like, oh, we got to, we don't want to make a target for the Pikes, but they'll know we did it anyways. It just, it seems very dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's it's one of Plot these holes. things where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, it's like, and they pay so, we've talked about the fact that they've been, the writers of the series have been able to pay so much attention for- to little details that make the world feel more realistic. And it's just, this is just the opposite of that. And I'm, listen, I'm trying so hard because I love Star Wars, right? And we all love Star Wars. And I'm, I'm trying not to make the this whole Watch Club series, or at least the past four episodes, feel like they're, they're it, this show is terrible. But it, it's, it's just a problem when, when I think the biggest issue is expectations. We yeah. don't have the expectations to understand how to judge this fairly. If they said, you know what, this is season one of a season one and two, then you know what? I'm totally fine with doing a, a mine cart chase. That's totally cool. Let's do it. Great at this point in the series. But the fact that we only have so few episodes left and we just don't know, that's where it becomes a problem because then it, it's it's hard for us to sort of enjoy it with this sort of looming pressure of feeling like, well, we don't get that much more time with these characters and we've fallen in love with them because of the good things that you've done throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to intention, man. Yeah. Like, what's the intention of, of this season, you know, like of this series, right? Like, yeah. you know, that that's usually something that's either hinted at or set up in a way that allows us. And I, and I don't know, maybe it's because it's a kid's show that the, the creators and the writers just feel a little bit more loosey-goosey with that idea of having intentions, right? right? So, I don't know. Well, uh, let's intentionally continue this plot here. Sid announces she will repel into the cavern with Wrecker, saying that she got Omega into this mess and will be the one to get her out, which is kind of nice. It's a nice callback to Common Ground, uh, which when we see Sid sort of bond with Omega over their shared affinity for Dejaric, which would have been so cool if they just did a whole Dejaric episode. Uh, their recovery operation goes pretty smoothly, uh, even with the Earlings, you know, they're, they're expecting them to wake up pretty soon. 
Um, and just as they're finishing, one of the spice crates falls, waking the creatures. Fortunately, Tech has been busy this whole time assembling a flashlight bomb, uh, which sends the Earlings scattering and provides Clone Force 99 with the opening they need to finish the job. In the meantime, Omega connects with Roland when he warns her not to risk a breakout with the Pikes around, admitting his family's tactic of, ta- of taking what they want is something his mother perfected. You know, when Omega tries to protest about the Pikes killing Roland, Sid supports her, arguing that the Pikes would do better to call it a bad deal and walk away rather than risk starting a war with the Durans. Their leader lifts his knife up in the air, or his sword, or whatever it is, and cuts off one of Roland's horns as retribution. Uh, but Omega, you know, then sort of walks up to him, checks if he's okay, gives him Ruby, uh, and when Hunter asks her why she stood up for him, she says, well, Ruby likes him. Maybe he's not all that bad. Or, or all bad, or whatever. So why do you think Omega stood up for Roland here, and do you think Clone Force 99 will ever encounter him or the Pikes again? Justin. Um, I, I think this is, again, Omega's this kind of beacon of compassion and empathy uh, that right. that the Bad Batch don't necessarily have, but are learning. And she has been providing that learning experience for them, especially for someone like Hunter. And um, I think that, you know, her having that compassion and care, it could, it could become something that would be a detriment to her, like she's going to trust the wrong person. Right. Right. Um, but yeah. and, and we might see the the fallout of that. But I think what what again she's she's doing and, and, and she demonstrates in this is that, you know, not all people are bad. Right. And they even might the make bad ba- people aren't all bad. Right. Exactly. I mean, like they're even the bad batch. Well, yeah. And not only yeah. that, like there there's an, there's 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 a reason why. Right. right? Um, and, and, and I think that that's there's, there's a reason why they are the way they are. But that doesn't mean that they were born that way or that they were that way. So maybe someone needs to show compassion and empathy and endearment and understanding for them to kind of lean from that dark side, if you will, with air quotes around it to kind of understand the compassion. Right. Because we're in a galaxy where no one trusts no one. Right. Like everyone, everyone's as an enemy of everyone and and everyone's out for 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 protecting themselves. Right. So, yeah. And I think they they sort of set up that conversation between her and Roland as like, you know, he's constantly trying to live up to his his mom. Right. And and how great she is. And so she I think Omega recommend or uh, recognizes that and then understands like, well, I'm always trying to live up to these my dads over here. Right. And so I think seeing her try to impress. Yeah. Seeing her try to impress her her brothers uh, every single week. I think, you know, she connected with Roland on that sense, which was nice. But like I would have loved if Roland was much more likable or even detestable you know if he was someone that i was like <laughs> one of the wow other. like even even if they but even if they did it where it was like they they really show him do a, a really full 360 where you like i hate this guy at the beginning and by the end of it you're like wow i really kind of get this guy like they do like a, a you know i don't know a breaking bad kind of arc for that character which i <laughs> understand episode, it's hard to do yeah. i know but, but it, you know what it's it, something they, they would take do that though. character and put it out they would do it in one <laughs> yeah episode, exactly right? um but but even that would have been i don't know just better than this really bland sort of character which by the end i was just kind of like you got your horn cut off okay bye mm-hmm. he so, just seems like, like a mommy's boy who like loves his pet basically i don't there's no <laughs> yeah and he has nothing something about to prove. him that yeah, there's nothing yeah. about him that makes me want to like him, or like I said, even like hate him or something well, like that. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what this episode established about about Roland is that he is a 
man with mommy issues and he <laughs> has something to prove and for right. whatever reason this situation is him trying to prove something by dealing with with the pikes yeah Okay, so wrapping up the plot, I want to know, what are your overall thoughts and final score for this episode, which for this episode we'll be rating on a scale of one to five dead bugs. Justin, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to give this one a three out of five dead bugs. Uh, you know, this, this was a little bit better, but not by much. And I'm still super, super frustrated with what's going on with the fact that we're not moving anything forward, especially as we near the end of this season and some things that have been set up throughout this 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 show that have not been dealt with yet, like Camino, right. like a little bit more about Omega's background, you know, uh, I, you know, where is Crosshair? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just I don't know. So, yeah, <laughs> Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm same boat as Justin. It was like, uh, there was a lot of potential to have some cool characters and some looming threat with the, the pikes being present, but none of that was followed through with. And it's, it's very disappointing like to have your hopes built up from just the reveal of a name and then throughout the episode, have it completely derailed in that, in that sense. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it three out of five dead bugs as well. Uh, again, it was better than last week. It was cool seeing Sid in action, but nothing moved the story forward in this episode and it was just reinforcing things that we already know about a lot of these characters so yeah nothing new happened really yeah i really wish i had more to say honestly it's just it's gotten to the point where i feel like they're just padding out the season so they can have more episodes for what really is proving itself to be a kids series um which again like that's fine i get it we get it it's animated it's kids cool that's okay they need something to watch while they eat their sugary cereal or whatever but still it, when you when you have such great episodes that do show how much Star Wars can be for everyone and how it can be for parents watching this with their kids and ways to connect with them and and you you sort of pay attention to all those small details like we talked about and then you just do the complete opposite it can get a little <laughs> bit grating um and so we obviously did not see the progress for the story that we've been waiting for for this entire season so um you know it's just going to be one of those things where i wish again if we knew if we knew there were more episodes than just season one, I, I would, you know, I'd know what to expect and I'd be able to look at these episodes and judge them a little bit more accurately. But I don't know. Anyways, all that said, um, this was better than last week's episode a little bit. So I'm going to give it three out of five dead bugs. Please give us that snowball next week. Please, please give mm -hmm. us the snowball. I just want a nice little little three arc finisher. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, and you I mean you keep saying how like the kids show has got they're making it very light and stuff like that. And when you look at Cartoon Network and all their other uh, like car, uh, companies out there releasing kids shows, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, other ones right. like that, like they have uh, uh, impactful stories being built up over these seasons where they do have filler episodes, but there is still an overarching story that that adults can get into and and see more than just the colorful uh, characters being animated type thing it's there's For sure. there's so much potential in the animated form and it, they're really dropping the ball it feels like it, that's and that's exactly it and and, and I, it comes back to the word i've used so many times in this episode is intention intention <laughs> yes. intention intention if you have no intention to tell a story then what's the point of doing this right like they've they've set up so many cool things that i want them to explore 
but they haven't. And even the things that they set up that they've already resolved, they resolved like that in a snap. So it's like, to your point, Darcy, they're not treating it with the same sort of respect that a live action would. And it's surprising Mm -hmm. because you have someone like Filoni whose roots are so grounded in animation that you think that there would be a little bit more of intention to what this show is supposed to do or say. So it's just, yeah, frustrating. Well, listen, at the end of most watch clubs, we like to speculate on what we think is going to happen next. Uh, And this week, you know, honestly, with the episode really not ending on any sort of cliffhanger, uh, I think we're going to hold our batchy thoughts and predictions for next week's episode. Unless I got one thing. Okay, batch. Come on. Let's go. I'm reaching for straws here. But the Pike Syndicate being who they are, I feel like they would have have their feelers out there for the, the... the rumors of this rogue uh, batch of clones. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is how we somehow get crosshairs catching on the trail, something like that is the pikes leaking something. That's really the only thing I could see possibly happening. <laughs> and again, I'm reaching for straws here because to I want to connect this episode like in any way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want to see it have an impact later on, but yeah. again, I, that's very doubtful. Like that's, I, I hope we don't just get Crosshair picking up the trail in the middle of nowhere and just him already being on the case. It'd be cool if they have them be like, I got a tip from my people in the underworld or whatever. Who give said us a, they, yeah. yeah. Give us a Crosshair episode. Yeah. They, give they, us one, one episode. One where he finds the trail and then have yeah. the last two episodes finish off nice and strong. That'd be kind of cool. Tracking them down and then, you know, reuniting yeah. them or whatever. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get a longer season finale, though. Yeah, like a mm. movie style like they did for the opener. Opener, right? Yeah, I wonder. Mm. So Okay. Well, we'll have to just wait and see, Batches. Uh, that's it for the 13th episode of our Watch Club for Star Wars, The Bad Batch. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. If you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we like to cover in Watch Club, well, listen, you don't need to smuggle some drugs through a mining shaft while being chased by a swarm of giant bugs only to deliver the drugs to a crime syndicate and see some guy get his horn cut off. Instead... Justin, can you let the lovely batches know where they can write into the show? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Keep in mind, we dropped our most recent episodes uh, now, uh, where we review. I, out now, why am I sounding like a Goldblum a little bit? I was doing a bit of a. Uh, uh, now. Out now, and if you want to uh, check them out, uh, we review the first episode of Ted Lasso Season 2, and it is a doozy. Such a good show. Uh, so find out our thoughts there. Uh, and we also have an episode out now that I actually really, really had a great time with, where we uh, hang out and uh, have some fun with actor Monroe Chambers. Uh, and we discuss his role as Jackson Pierce in the latest DLC for Watch Dogs Legion called Bloodlines. So go give those a listen and leave a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Justin, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good soldiers, follow orders. Follow orders.